So last Sunday, we entered into our spring Ango training period with the intention to strengthen the Sangha. And to do that, we're exploring the, the meaning of a Sangha, right? As a treasure. What does it mean? Why is it a treasure? Why is it an inseparable treasure from the Buddha and the Dharma, from the other two treasures? Why are these three considered three treasures of our, of our tradition? You know, when we embrace the Dharma and realize Buddhahood, Right? We maintain a supportive, healing, well-functioning Sangha. Right? And when we do that, when we maintain a well-functioning and healing and supportive environment, we allow or we create the conditions for Buddhahood to manifest itself. Right? So one supports the other in a very natural and a very flowing way. Optimal conditions for Buddhahood to express itself. So as a Sangha, in a way, our intention or mission statement is to provide the sustenance for nurturing bodhicitta so Buddhahood can manifest freely in our everyday life. So the question is, how does Buddhahood manifest? And this is what I would like to uh, look at today. And we're going to do that in a format of a mondo. I'm going to read something, talk a little bit about it, and open it up. How does Buddha manifest? How do we express what we realize? To whatever extent we have realized it. How does it show up? So I'd like to examine this, this question, the question of expression, uh, for two main reasons. Expression is a key ingredient in communication. Right? And communication is a key element in sustaining a thriving Sangha that can provide a safe environment for natural expression. And if we don't do that, we basically create another environment in which the expressions do not change, do not open up. So that's one. And the second reason I wanted to bring it up is that during the Ango entry ceremony, one of the more common commitments we heard from Sangha members has to do with working on the ability to, to trust, to foster trust, to open up to others, to allow interactions to become more flowing, more natural. So I'm going to read from uh, a fascicle of the Shobogenzo called Dotoku. And it means on expressing what one has realized. In the translator introduction, it says, while Dotoku, the key term in this discourse, can be translated in various ways, all point to the same matter, namely the way in which someone expresses, often through words, what has been realized spiritually. This is different from experiencing a psychological insight or having an intellectual comprehension. So Dogen says in that fascicle, 
All the Buddhas and all the ancestors express what they have realized. This is why the Buddha and ancestors, when singling out an ancestor of the Buddha, invariably ask, can that person express their realization or not? They ask this question with all their heart and mind, with their body and with their traveling staff and ceremonial hosu. That's, you, some of you know what hosu is, right? That's the, uh, the fly whisk. And as a pillar of their temple and as a stone lantern. For those who are not Buddhas and, and, or ancestors, the question does not arise. The question of how do I express, right? The question of what is behind my expression or the way I'm expressing myself. Of course I'm going to say this. Of course I'm going to react this way. Right? So to bring doubt or, or to be on a spiritual path is to raise doubt about the way we are functioning, the way we are expressing ourselves, rather than take it for granted. Raise doubt about our thoughts, the validity of our thoughts, and, of course, the, the actions, the words and actions that follow those thoughts. So to raise the doubt. <clears throat> the matter of their expressing what they have realized does not arise because such a state does not exist in their mind or for them. There's no bodhicitta. And then he's saying, expressing what one has realized is an ability that is not to be had by keeping in step with other people. Nor is it the same or some innate talent. So it's not the same as having an innate talent. Simply, whenever trainees thoroughly practice the way of the Buddha and ancestors, they, then they will be able to express what the Buddha and ancestors have realized. While expressing their realization for others, the Buddha and ancestors of the past continue their training and practice and thereby thoroughly awoke to the way. In the present, we should also do our meditation wholeheartedly, and do our utmost to practice the way. When ancestors of the Buddha wholeheartedly do the meditation of Buddhas and ancestors, and undertake to put into practice the truth that the Buddhas and ancestors have expressed, their expression of what they have realized represents the efforts of three years, eight years, or 30 or 40 years, as they expressed what they have realized with all their might. In other words, it doesn't matter whether you've been here one day or 40 years, been on the path for one day or 40 years. You expressed what you have realized thus far. So the question is not how will I express realization when it will come. Right? That's, that's not important right now. The question is how do I express what I've realized thus far? Or am I waiting for something else? So, what puts burden on communication? What creates feelings of doubt, self-deprecation, nervousness, thoughts of second-guessing ourselves, endless cycles of regrets about past expressions? And what gives rise to expression that is, by its nature, inherent, spontaneous, authentic, unassuming, without agenda, natural, 
bare naked. So these are the, the questions I want to look at <clears throat> together. What is Buddhahood? And <clears throat> excuse me, how does it express itself? In other words, what gets in our way when we don't express it? So, go ahead. One of you has to begin. That's a loaded question. Mm -hmm. We have to start somewhere. <clears throat> I, I, think, I think in large part what stops us from expressing um, our expectations. Um, you know, as soon as the, the thoughts start of, you know, whether you should or should not express, I think the thoughts that, that come first are, um, you know, what impact is this going to have? You know, what, what outcome is this going to have if I express this? Mm -hmm. Whatever it happens to be. And, you know, right there, the, the motor starts running, the thoughts, the brain kicks in. And I think, in large part, keeps us from expressing whatever it happens to be. Okay, go ahead. I think fear of being vulnerable. Say again? Vulnerability. Being, you know, yes. Fear of being vulnerable. Um, <coughs> vulnerability. Expressing, uh, sharing. Um, yeah. Uh, your experience is in here because you don't know. You know, I mean, you're assuming that everybody else is having similar experiences, but you don't know for sure because everybody's on their own journey. So you're wondering, you know, where, where are you in your practice? Um, how in comparison to someone else's, perhaps? Mm -hmm. um, if, um, especially if you fall off the wagon and you don't, you don't sit, to, you know, keep up with your commitments and then go like you promised you were, then maybe you might not want to share that, you know? Uh, you might be feeling like, you're not, I'm going to feel like a failure if I tell everybody I'm uh, actually doing what I said I was going to do. So maybe it's just a little insecurities about that, not being aware that... Right. Insecurity about what? This is, this is what I wanted to actually... That's the direction I want to go. Yes. Insecurity about what? What is it that we are looking to uh, express, verify... And what is it that we basically, I mean, we fall on our face over and over again because of that, right? Because we don't, because sometimes it is verified for a day or two, and then many times it's actually not verified, right? Or it's verified as not worthy, more often than being verified as worthy. But this person is right. And then that makes us feel like in, invalidated. Um, but then when we start this practice, it becomes very difficult to expose ourselves that way. Even though it's a different reaction, it's a different way of being, it's a different way of interacting with each other, it becomes very tight. Okay, so it goes against, practice goes against that. Or that goes against the practice, right? It goes against what? Yeah. What? The, it goes against the teachings of Buddha. 
right? It goes against that. So then we have to figure out, okay, what do I trust? I come to practice with very deep trust of what you just expressed, what you just said. Of course, I'm going to express myself this way. Of course, I'm going to worry about what other people think about what I say. How do I sound? How do I look? Because I'm constantly being judged. It's very true. But what, am I, what are the parameters? What are the parameters? And what is it that we are judging? See, what, the baseline of practice from, from the first time you read about Buddhism, you read that you are, the, the, the value is not in question. Buddhahood is not in question. The question is, how do you express Buddhahood? And you can work on this for the rest of your life yeah. and get better at that for the rest of your life. But not, it's not going to change the inherent value. No, but it, but it becomes what, how do you express value? What is value? So how do we, right. So we have to sit down, stop doing that on a daily basis, right? And look, is there a problem? Is there an issue with that which I think I have to defend, protect, Verify. I look at it. Maybe it's verified. Maybe just to bring that, maybe, maybe I'm doing it in a completely upside down way. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. So, one of the things that happened to me this week um, uh, was a story that I put up on the, on the forum if any of you read it. But for me, it's about being attached to outcomes. Right? When, when you engage in a situation with a preconceived notion of how you want it to turn out, I think that's where, a lot, for me anyway, a lot of the problems occur because you can't be natural in the way that you approach um, people and, and situations because you're not seeing things as they really are. You're seeing things as you think they need to be in order for it to turn out a certain way. So. For me, where, where, we get, where I get stuck, I won't talk for anyone else, uh, is when I do that. It's when I try to reverse engineer a situation rather than to let a situation naturally evolve. The outcome, you talk about the outcome. The outcome. Right. So what are we looking for in the outcome? Well, you, you know, it's, it's, I think it goes to what you were saying a little bit, you know, you, you want, you, in your mind, you see things as, just as being a certain way. Things should be this way. And then you start to modify your behavior to theoretically um, achieve that when it just may not fit. You know, it may not be where things are flowing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, you know, when you go against the flow, everyone is... I don't know if everyone has done the white water rafting, but you can't go against the flow. Right. You have to go with the flow, and you have to, you know, you can still have goals, and you still have things that you want to achieve, but um, it's when you, when you fight the situation, when I fight the situation. Uh, to fight the situation is to bring to the situation right and wrong. Right, correct. Okay, this should not be this way. It should be otherwise. I should be otherwise. 
right? I should be somewhere else, someone else, or what's happening in my life right now should not happen. I create what I fight. Because I don't trust that this is it. Because I go against, right? So when we sit down and take a look, we maybe get glimpses, right? How do we manifest those glimpses? We get glimpses of equanimity, inherent equanimity, right? That it's not about what happens. Also, it's not judged by what happens. We get glimpses of that, right? How do we express those glimpses? Because if we don't, then we, even if we get bigger glimpses, they're gonna be made, they're gonna be kept on the cushion. Right? And this is how we, this is what we need to do together. We need to help each other manifest freely, just like that. Goes back to the no makeup, which you emailed about afterwards. Right? Just like this, as I am. Not only as I am, but in the current state of my life. With everything that I don't like about my life as well. Because it's all coming with me. Right? All the stress, all the anxiety, all the fears, the insecurities, they're going to go around wherever I go. They're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to take them with me. Fine. So here I am. A confused Buddha. A depressed Buddha. A sad Buddha. A happy Buddha. Stressed out Buddha. Still a Buddha. Yeah. I guess what I was going to say is a kind of an attempt to combine a lot of the stuff that's said is, is um, you know, if the expression of Buddhahood is, is as you said, bare naked, yeah. as it is, when so much effort seems to be being put in of either being right or wrong, or is I'm kind of looking at this, where before your thought of it even manifests, you're already trying to cater to being most, more often than not, pleasing, uh, giving the right answer, not trying to say anything abrasive, and then we start, when we try to express how we're feeling, we enter into what we spoke about in Dokusan on Friday of having a litany of prefaces before expressing what we say of like, you know, I don't want to upset you, but, you know, and then like all these things are of like, it sounds self-deprecating, it sounds abrasive, it sounds all these things, when all you're just trying to do is express what is without weight. And um, it's very, how, how can you possibly express what is when you've already dressed it up with so much of extra, of I'm trying to say to you something that you might want to hear that's not going to upset you versus I'm just trying to say where I am right now. There's no way to live without creating a mess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we have to agree on that. I mean, seriously, there's yeah. no way to breathe yeah. without creating a mess. Life is messy, mm-hmm. period. Yeah. And, and muddied and dirty and loud and, yeah. And, so and there are many people yeah. in it that we don't like. And so how do we express <laughs> yeah. So how do we express that, I guess, is the question without already apologizing before the mess is even made. Well, how do we not make, how do we not make the inherent, uh, the in, in what's inherent, mm-hmm. how do we not make, how do we not desecrate that as we talked about last week, right? Because I, we desecrate what cannot be desecrated. Mm-hmm. 
inherently because it's indestructible. Yeah. Because it's unborn and undying. It doesn't matter, you know, how life goes or what we experience. It's not going to affect that. Mm -hmm. It does affect the way we experience life. Right? But how do we express, you know, you remember in the Fukan Zazengi, you know, Dorian talked about it, right? He wrote about it. The way is basically perfect, all-pervading. How could it be contingent upon practice or realization? It is that way. It's always been this way, always will be this way, Right? Who could believe in ways to, or means to brush it clean? It's never apart from the one sitting right here on this cushion. So what's the point of practice? But then he says, if there is the slightest discrepancy, the word is distance as heaven from earth. If the least like or dislike arises, the mind is lost in confusion. That's how we desecrate it. I don't like this. Whatever is going on in my life right now, I don't like it. That's it. That's it. Then we are lost in confusion. But even while lost in confusion, it doesn't change anything. It's still unborn and undying. Go ahead, you were going to so say something. Try to express reality, trying to, you know, we're always going to have thoughts. The question is, how fast can we readapt to the, the reality of the moment or what it is? And that's probably one way to Yes. Let, let's let's back back uh, away from that for a little bit and look at uh, once I'll be right with you about that. But let's look at the most basic expression before words are uttered. Look at the posture. What do we express when we walk around like this? What do we express when we walk around like this? We express what we trust. We always express what we trust. If I trust that story to be me, I am the story. I walk the story. There's no, there's no other way. I am the story. And I'm going to tell everybody that story. And here is the problem with this story. It is absolutely chiseled, defined, and ready to go. Ready to tell. Right? Because I know it very well. Narration? Because he didn't want to do what she was saying. But it was her story. But it wasn't her story. Yeah, but when we believe the story to be true, there is no other way. So, again, you know, to sit and to look is to recognize something. To recognize that this is the truth, not a lie. This is the truth, not a lie. So, should we live a lie or should we live the truth? That's the question. And it takes a lot of effort 
to stop believing anything else other than our story. Right? This is what we work with. Jack. Isn't the question is we're using a verb to express something that doesn't need to be expressed because it's there. It's like the sun, right? Sun, how do you express this? Sunshine, it just is, right? So if you're sitting there trying to express something spiritual or as we're talking about it, I mean, the more you try to put a verb to it, the more your mind just kind of keeps going back and forth. How do I do it? What do I do it? What if I don't understand this? It's, it's an analogy like a friend of mine who was a trainer, and he always said to me, but people always come up to me and say, I want a six-pack. I want that six-pack. He says, it does, they don't know. They already have a six-pack. They just have to push away all the, you know, get themselves in a lifestyle that will just push that stuff away. It's there. They don't need to do much. Mm-hmm. They don't have to go crazy do 10,000 sit-ups a day. They just might have to eat a little less, sleep a little more, get themselves in alignment, and it just comes through. So I don't think, I think it's the verb or the language. Well, you know, the, quest, the question of, of expression, though, okay, we're not talking about anything special. We're talking about day-to-day, moment-by-moment expression. You go to work. You deal with clients. You do your work, Right. We're talking about that. How does Buddhahood manifest when you do your everyday activities? Not anything else, nothing special. It is special, but we're not talking about special expression. We're talking about cleaning up the expression that all there is is a manifestation of Buddhahood when you go and you wire a house or you go and you talk with a client. Clean up, or, or not clean up, but put aside the extra and allow Buddhahood to express itself through your talents, through your everyday activities. Okay. Is, it, is it true that your level of expression matches your level of awareness? So in other words, if I, you know, if I, I, I practice and I, I bring... I bring a certain amount of awareness you know, to my practice, to my life. Um, and it seems, it seems to me right now that my level of expression directly relates to my level of awareness. So in dealing with customers, in dealing with whatever life happens to hand you, you, you tend to have, I don't know, I guess a more natural way of expressing yourself because of that practice, because of that level of awareness. Yes, but the awareness itself manifests through expression, and the expression can strengthen that, right? So it's not one directional. Is it one directional? No. No, because you're always expressing, right? It, it, seems, it seems our practice is that, that question, the questioning, of how I'm expressing, you know, and the, the, the authenticity of that expression and the appropriateness of that expression, I think is our practice, at least for me. Yeah, what verifies it, though? Right, so there is the authenticity, right? So we, if we express from that which is uh, 
inherent. It cannot not be by authentic because it's, there's no question of authenticity. The question of authenticity arises when, well, when questions arise, <laughs> right? But if there is no question, it's just the way it is. And, and again, the, you know, the, going back to how do we desecrate? How does our story desecrate that which is pure? How do we allow the story to, to do that? Right? By trusting? By trusting. By trusting the story. Trusting my thoughts to tell me what's true. It seems like we're only really concerned about what's true insofar as it informs our actions then, as opposed to just seeing what is. We talk about expectations, outcomes, and doing that. Where we learn from these things, it's usually, okay, I won't do that again to get a desired outcome. I'll do this, I'll do that. And so the truth then in that situation is mostly just to try to correct behaviors which isn't inherently wrong, but it's still your, I think that in turn enters a question of, of fuel, what, what's fueling the intention that you're setting. Um, is it just to get a better desired outcome or is it to get closer to seeing things as they are, which then opens up the flow? Okay, so then all this, right, you bring it back to where we started with this, how do we express so all that is, in a way, the extra of, mm -hmm. the extra on natural expression. Mm -hmm. This is it, yeah. right? Whatever you see is right, what you see, what you get. This is it. So how do I trust that to be it? And how do I not burden my expression with my story? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the minute you try to kind of uh, imprint either a formula or, or a logic, yeah. something that is both logical and illogical at the same time uh, I feel like that's the cause of more mistakes, more suffering and it's blinding Great. this reminds me of one of my students I've talked about before mm -hmm. actually because in the beginning of the he's grown so much um, in the beginning of the year um, and he's not, a, he's not obviously he's not a Buddhist he's not he doesn't know. Um, but in the beginning of the year, he kept saying, no, I can't do it because I'm autistic. And that was his story. I'm autistic. I'm autistic. I can't do it. I can't do it. You know, this is what people told him, and he believes it. And this is his story. And I said, everybody in this room is autistic, has autism. So don't tell me you can't do it. And I kept telling him that. And now he's doing what everybody else is doing. And he's on the same level as everybody else, and he is so proud of himself, you know, he's so happy, you know, but when you let go of the story, it just goes to show you, even if you know you're practicing or you're on a path or not, if you know that that story isn't true necessarily, <coughs> then you can do anything you want. Yeah. So how do we do that as a Sangha? How do we help each other manifest what is true? manifest what 
has been realized through observation. Not through story, but through observation. Personally realizing. By not putting, um, by not putting comparisons and judgments and um, fear in front of our faces like a veil and we'll make each other. Yes, by helping each other doubt the story, not trust the story, and I think we often do that as people with each other. We actually, of course, you should think this way, you should do that, because this person acted in this way, or not only that, you should feel like this because of everything that's going on in your life right now, you should feel really bad right now. <laughs> right? I mean, we do that, because we verify each other's stories and complaints. So we should go against the grain. Instead of verifying, what we could do is just open up the door a little bit. Yeah, maybe, you, maybe there's something you're not seeing. Yeah, I know there's all this going on, but maybe there's something you're not seeing. You know, I'm sorry. Isn't it just being aware that you're constantly making up your own story to your whims and fears and, and yeah. whatever you're feeling at the time, you're, you're changing It's very powerful, though. I mean, we, we, do have to, we do have to recognize that it has a lot of power over us. So you're saying, well, it's just awareness. Yes, again and again and again and again and again, right? That's why practice has to be maintained. Resolve is key. Is key. Because we're going to doubt the practice. But you never doubt the ego. What? You never doubt you never doubt. <laughs> well, yeah, right. You never doubt the story. You never right. So this is to begin to to start to doubt the stories to take a first step in practice, right? Which is why we're here. Yeah. Uh, I think there's something important though uh, to distinguish in, in the sense of kind of the the way you framed it as somebody coming to you with a story and where we act is in that discussion, either affirming or kind of helping raise doubt in the story is, mm. is, that some, is also an awareness of the appropriateness of when, when to do that, I think is hugely important. I know for myself, it's always been helpful when somebody comes to me with their problems or what have you, usually to ask the question of, are you looking for advice or do you just want a hug? <laughs> because sometimes people come to you and it brings out an impulse to want to help and usually help is associated with advice or you're doing this wrong, you're doing that right, yes, uh, you know, this and the other thing. Sometimes people want to feel safe to just come and say it, which I guess can kind of tie into mm -hmm. our discussion of just saying what is. Uh, that can come out as emotion and you know, problematic ways of verbal expression, but it's trying to process what's going on there and I think is that somehow we do it 
from my experience mostly non-verbally but verbally as well do the best we can to create an environment that allows us to be comfortable enough to be vulnerable to allow these emotions to rise up in all the mess they're not you know again we're focusing on outcomes even bad expressions aren't always going to be optimally expressed <laughs> whether it's, yeah. it's, it's through anger or yeah. uh, you're using old language that you know when we discussed the term of mu mm -hmm. meaning unasked the question or working within the frame of how we're, our story is and sometimes the language within that frame is uh, inadequate for getting at the reality of the situation I think it's uh, important to distinguish those things and one second and also also to allow ourselves the freedom or the space to experience fear, anxiety, uh, worry, all that. Because we cannot say, we cannot say this, there is no... It's there. There is anxiety, there is fear, there is worry. There is pain that we have to work with. We don't switch it off. So to allow ourselves, to allow each other, to allow ourselves, to allow each other to be. Right, and it's, it's a good example, right, because, yeah, what, what do you mean by that, you know, I mean, because it's not just saying something, there is a, a very strong opinion, or there are opinions yeah. attached to that, we're not just reporting on a story, no. we want to convey a state of being, yes, yes. And, we want, and I want you to affirm that state of being. Right. So if we can do that for each other, if we can, uh, you know, change it, just at least open it up. Well, maybe maybe there is something else there going on, or maybe there's another way to work with that. Yeah. Yeah. Not saying it, not, not one second, not ignoring what the person is, go, what we go through, what we, you know, right? But looking at it in a different way, or at least offering a different way to work or process. I think one of the, the other things too, in paying attention, is, is uh, it's, I think it's easier for us to see someone else's story, you know, to, to, to watch or listen or hear someone else's story and not necessarily recognize that, you know, we have a story too. And, and so I remember, you know, coming, coming through the martial arts, uh, we were always told that uh, as you're coming up in rank with all these people around you, you always were, were our own worst critics. So you never think you're improving. But uh, we were always told, you know, to, to look at your classmates, 
look at your fellow students because if you see improvement in them, there's improvement in you. Mm-hmm. I think that works both ways. You know, so if you see a story in someone else, you know, you better believe there's a story in you as well, and that allows us to self-examine a little bit yeah. and, and pay attention to how we're expressing and what we're putting out there. Right, 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 and also to be in a way to be uh, example for each other. Mm-hmm. Right, N- not not to put. Uh, stress or pressure that way, but to really, you know, set an example of, of what it means to practice the whole thing, not just, you know, I'm going to look like a, you know, a great practitioner yeah. while my mind are completely lost in my thoughts and I believe my, th- not that, right? Not to look like, right. but to practice everything, yeah. right? To, to set the example. And, and again, what I said before, we started to, to watch how we move. You know, you said, Jack said, you know, paying attention, right? Awareness, right? Attention. Well, then, yeah. Isn't that what we're here to do? Right? Well, watch how you walk. Watch how you sit down. How do you get up? How do you put a sutra book on, on a, a zabuton? Just throw it down. What does that say? What is that saying about us, about our practice, about Buddhahood, about expression? What about the way we come up and down the stairs? Mm-hmm. Or the way we open the door to go to the bathroom? The way we put on the, the rugs to take it off? Yeah, the way we put the dishes away. The way we, yes, <laughs> the way we eat. Well, obviously, you know, we, you know in, in, when we eat together, Oriyoki, it's all about attention. Yeah. Watch your posture. Watch the way you take the food, put it into your mouth, chew it, swallow it. The way you communicate without words, right, with the person in front of you. So much goes into it. Why? It's training. We are training to express Buddhahood. Right? We're training to express Buddhahood. And then expand it. Not just about practice, about your life. In the midst of whatever mud is going on and crap or whatever is going on in your life. In the midst of all that, practice Buddhahood. Otherwise, what are we doing here? Anything else? Daibo? You up for that? We <laughs> <laughs> try. Uh, yeah, you know, look, that's to me um, that that's where where I come out on it um, because um, you know it's so easy to be on autopilot. Yeah. Right. It's just so easy to oh, I've driven this road before. You know, I've gone to this store before. You know, I've done this before, I've done that before. And it's, it's just paying attention, attention to detail, I like to say. And, and when, when you do pay attention to detail, everything becomes a detail. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everything opens up. Yeah. Opens up a lot more than what we see, and this is what we're talking about, right? To see beyond what I see, to think beyond what I think. Not to allow my thoughts or my seeing to trap me. To expand it. 
Right? That's, that's the task. That's what we're doing here. So, yeah. So that's, it's very important that we, we uh, mirror that to each other as a Sangha, right? Because it will strengthen. If we do it this way, it will strengthen our ability to uh, help each other greatly. Right? So, because if I, if I walk around, if I don't pay attention to my state of being, right, and if I don't make an effort, I'm not saying acing it, all, this, this doesn't matter, but if I don't pay attention to how I manifest Buddhahood, then I'm reflecting that. And what's going to happen if I reflect that to you? Well, you're going to pick up on that maybe, right? And I'm going to share that with you as well. Well, then how can I change it? How can I, you know, examine everything's going on in my life with that, in that, express Buddhahood? Well, what does it mean? Maybe even to ask that question, what does it mean to express Buddhahood? Or I put it aside until my life gets straightened up, cleared up. Then, okay, now I can express Buddhahood. Right? Because, you know, it doesn't go along with my life. That's why Dogen says, if there is the slightest discrepancy between what? Between what you think Buddhahood is and what's going on in your life. Right? That's the discrepancy. Yeah, but this is what's happening in my life right now. Put that aside. I'll get back to you about Buddhahood. When all my problems are solved and I get what I want, now I'm ready to practice Buddhahood. Right? That's how we think. But that's not what the practice is teaching. So yeah, let's make an effort to pay attention. Maybe we should just stick with that, right? Mm-hmm. Make an effort to pay attention so we can allow authentic Buddhahood or to be expressed or to express itself.